and thank you for joining me today with yet another edition of Faith to Live By. This is the podcast where we consider current day events with a deep desire to know what God's doing. We want to acknowledge God as supreme and sovereign over all. And by all, I mean all. And it's really important we keep that in mind, especially as tragic events occur all around us. I'm sad to say that I just lost my cousin. And I know that many of us, especially this past couple of years, have had serious losses of different types. Some losses, such as the loss of life, are in the hands of God, and we have to trust that. God has numbered our days. He knows how long he wants us to live on earth. And when we see or experience things that just don't seem to be good, we must remember, Romans 8, 28, that God will work all things for good, even the most tragic of circumstances. Some things are out of our control, but not all things. And doing whatever we can to be prepared to prevent hardships is just pure wisdom. Planning for our future, planning for our retirement, these are important things that we can have control over, at least in part. When it came to my husband's and my finances, the Lord led us to Ed Torres. He's a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed about the exclusive, confident retirement approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals, and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Ed Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to contact Ed for a free consultation. As I said, he is my and my husband's financial advisor, and a wonderful Christian man we highly recommend. And as a sponsor of this show, when you avail of his services, you help support the continuance of this podcast. Whether it's our personal finances or world events, when we look from a horizontal worldview, we can become overwhelmed. We can become fearful and confused, even as Christians. And that's exactly what the enemy of God wants for all of God's people, so he can establish his reign and his rule in the hearts and the minds of humanity. A horizontal worldview will always pull people into the despair of the enemy and his destructive schemes. For this reason, I seek to have us intentionally work at seeing current events from heaven's view with a vertical view from heaven to earth, from God's perspective, where we are able to see his plans that are certain to lead us to the victory Christ died to give us. From the Garden of Eden until the end of this present world, all creation suffers in a spiritual war. And like all wars, there are plans and strategies on both sides, and people suffer serious casualties. Never has this spiritual war been more evident than it has been in our lifetimes these past couple of years. We are living in a unique time on God's timeline, a time the earth has never seen. It's unprecedented, meaning we have no correlating matrix to draw from. The only guidance we have as Christians are scriptures that foretell and forewarn us about the last days. God foretells us to forearm us. Understand, God is exceedingly gracious, 
wanting us to be forearmed so we can endure the end times and be victorious. It is imperative for those who want to live in life-giving truth and all the certain hope truth provides to dig deep, to discover and stand firm on life-giving truth. Depending upon what and whom we've placed our faith, the times we're living in can be completely overwhelming or drive us to a place of peace and rest with an unsurpassed assurance that good will triumph over evil. Whether you are overwhelmed or assured depends on your personal effort to discover truth. I ask you to take a moment and reflect on what I just said. Whether you're overwhelmed or assured depends on your personal effort to discover truth. Hopefully everyone in the world is awakened to the fact that we cannot believe what we are told. We must verify to properly discover truth. With last week's program, I endeavored to have us consider how we can live with peace and joy regardless of what's going on around us. I shared, as God continues to unfold his plans before our very eyes, exposing corruption and administering his justice, things will get far worse before they get better. They are and they will continue in that manner for time to come. The only way we can overcome the fear that is rampant and increasing all around us is with a certain and confident faith conviction. As we see people impose oppressive mandates using a variety of schemes to control us, such as fear regarding the so-called Delta variant, or the claim that the non-vaccinated are to blame for the deaths of the vaccinated, or that America is systematically racist and on and on it goes, we must work even harder to discover truth and live in the hope truth provides. Everyone wants to live in truth. No one in their right mind seeks to live their life based on lies. Yet the father of lies, the devil, and the enemy of God has been highly successful in deceiving people from all walks of life. People in positions of influence and leadership are unwittingly perpetuating lies and deception, whereas others are knowingly perpetuating lies. Just as the Bible clearly states about the last days, what is right has become wrong, and what is wrong is considered right. 1 Timothy chapters 3 verses 2 to 9 warns us about false teachers and events of the last days. And I've expressed that I believe we're living in the beginning of the last days. But I've also quoted scripture that no one except the Father knows when Jesus will return. So we should live as though he could come back at any moment. I think our not knowing is God the Father's perfect design. So we will remain ever alert and ever ready for Christ's return. The Passion Translation of 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 9 describes the characteristics of the last days. Quote, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things and they will strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these, for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who are captured by their lusts and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. History has given us an example of this with the Egyptian sorcerers, Janus and Jambres, 
who stood against Moses in their arrogance. So it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith, with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts, standing against the truth of God. But they will not advance, for everyone will see their madness, just as they did with Jonas and Jambres. End quote. And as a point of clarity, the reference to vulnerable women in that passage refers to women who are burdened with the guilt of sin, who are actually controlled by their lusts, as opposed to women in general. I'm sure you can see how the Apostle Paul's explanation of the last days clearly characterize our present days. Sorcery, witchcraft, and every evil effort to oppress and control has been working overtime in our midst. But praise God, as that last statement reveals, they will not advance. Now let's consider this passage in context. The Apostle Paul makes clear in chapter 2 that he hopes some false teachers will repent, but he does not want to give an unrealistic picture of what the actual situation will be at the end times. While God may grant repentance to some, it is also clear opposition will continue. Technically, the end times began with the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost as recorded in the book of Acts. The only way for anyone to endure the suffering of the end times is by the power of the Holy Spirit and the faithful defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul admonishes Christians to avoid people who promote any doctrine that is contrary to the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 is clear, and the Apostle Paul states, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when our obedience is complete. End quote. Key to our victory, then, in these last days, is our personal obedience demonstrated by reliant faith in the power of prayer, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit. Reliant faith is a term I've used here for the first time, so I believe it's something the Holy Spirit wants us to seriously consider. We must become resolute in our faith. We must be convinced and determined that our faith is rightly placed, and we will therefore press on expecting to see the victory Christ died to give us. We must acknowledge that it's nothing of our own strength or ability, but entirely the power and the authority of Christ demonstrated by the Holy Spirit in and through us. The more we rely on the Holy Spirit, the less we rely upon ourselves. And in this depth of surrender, we will see the Spirit's greatest work. One of the reasons I started this podcast is to help us all gain confident alignment to the will of God and access the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm sick and tired of the brand of Christianity that has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. We read about that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. You know, I'm sure the devil laughs at people who claim to be Christians, who live in fear and dread, who never see the demonstrated power of God, while he continues to wreak havoc and expand evil. And I'm confident God is sick and tired of it too. Jesus is not returning for a bride who is cowering and whimpering and hiding waiting to be raptured, he is preparing his bride to be blameless without spot or wrinkle, a bride who displays his power with all authority and might. You know, we're seeing evidences of the church, the ecclesia, raising up to all God's intended glory as Christ's bride. In these very same days when the enemy of God seems to be unrestrained, Christ is declaring over us now with a loud voice, arise, shine, We are being called out 
to be involved in Christ's government here on earth. Evidence of the Ecclesia rising and shining is seen with Mario Murillo's amazing tent crusades attended by thousands of people in California, despite Governor Newsom's efforts to close down Christian churches and Christian voices in the state. It's been seen by people who are joining in Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour that's been and continues to have tour stops in various states. It's seen with the impact of Intercessors for America, founded by David Kubal, and also evidenced by the work Rick from Blessed to Teach does with his online programs. It's evidenced by everyday, unknown individuals who are finally tired of the tyranny and oppression, who are getting engaged in the battle in whatever way they personally can. If you are living in fear and dread, I urge you to get involved by joining with these trailblazers and allow their reliant faith, demonstrated by obedience, pull you into the wake of God's in-time preparation for His bride. The more of us who rise and shine together, the greater the move of God we will see. I had the privilege of attending Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour July 17 and 18, two of Southern California's extended heat-record-breaking summer days. Despite the heat, the event was attended by an estimated 2,900 people who heard presentations from a variety of people, including General Michael Flynn, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Dr. Simone Gold and Dr. Mark Sherwood, Mike Lindell, Scott McKay, uh, oh, Pastor Greg Locke, and a whole lot more. You can find various videos from the two-day event just by searching Reawaken America Tour Anaheim. These powerful speakers brought truth to the audience about COVID, about the vaccines, about the election, about illegal immigration, government corruption, and how we must fight back as Christians. Beginning today and in the weeks to come, I'll be sharing with you some of the interviews I captured while I was at the event. One of the interviews I had was with Pastor Todd Coconato, who was a main stage presenter with the tour, who was also one of the presenters at Kent Christmas's 4th of July celebration held at the Grand Old Opry. This audio was captured in a live remote recording, and here's what Pastor Todd had to say. Pamela, it's just such a blessing to be here. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. I'm an evangelist, and I'm the president of the Religious Liberty Coalition, and I'm uh, speaking at this great conference with a bunch of patriots. I'm so glad to meet you, too. This is my honor. Let me ask you, if you could give me one reason, what is the most compelling reason for you to be here today? Oh, well, I think for me, it's my daughter, you know, and, and thinking of the future of this nation. You know, we've enjoyed freedom, religious liberty freedoms, and in you know, our constitutional rights, inalienable rights, as our founders so graciously uh, gave us. And unfortunately, they said, you know, they said, we'll give you a republic if you can keep it. And uh, we're seeing it slipping away faster than ever before. And so to me, we have to stand. Now is a precipice moment. If we're not standing now, we're going to lose this country. Absolutely. That's part of why I'm here as well. What would be your primary concern for our nation? Well, it's, I think it's losing the rights, going towards, you know, I actually had a dream, and I'll share the dream because I think it's very pertinent to what you're saying, but the Lord showed me in a vision in my dream. Uh, it was the nation, and it was literally being strangled by tentacles, which looked like an octopus, you know, just being strangled. And, and you could see, and I said to the Lord in the dream, you know, what is this? And he said, this is communism that's trying to come in to this nation. 
And so I said, well, why communism, Lord? He says, well, when the, when the church is, is like a vacuum, when there's you know no representation, the church is trying to be socially relevant instead of being the head and not the tail, what happens is there's a vacuum. And, and so communism is just demonic is really what it is. And so it allows for communism to take root. So we're in this very important crossroads moment where we have to make a determination whether if we're going to stand, push back, be the church, you know, be the head, not the tail, or if we're just going to capitulate and allow what's happened in history before to other countries, you know, so I think this is a very defining moment. And so to me, there's no option, like we have to stand, you know, yeah. Certainly what Clay Clark and General Flynn are doing with this event, this tour, Reawaken America tour, is alerting a lot of people, awakening people. But the next step would be to do something. And I would like to know from you what you think the next step would be for the church. Yeah, well, there, for the church, it's, you know, one of the problems that we've had. And I pastored in Los Angeles for 17 years. I'm an evangelist and speaker. I go around, you know, talk to a ton of pastors, right? And I say that not to boast, but because I talk to a bunch of pastors. So it's, you know, it's relevant. And what I hear, which is so interesting, Pamela, is there's actually pastors in the country that say, we don't speak to certain issues. We don't speak to this issue. We don't speak. And I say, but it's in the Bible. You know, why don't you speak? We have to. You know, we didn't write it, but we have to tell what the Bible says, the entirety of the word of God. So the church, this is a defining moment, as I said. But the thing is, I think God has given us this time. You know, with Donald Trump, we had like a reprieve season. He allowed us to have a Cyrus of sorts, you know, that was fighting for us and standing. And so but what's happened is in this season, I think that the Lord is saying, look, if you want to keep this country, the church needs to stand. It's about the church. That's what this season is really about. So either we're going to stand, we're going to rise to the occasion, or we're not. But that's why it's, it's we have to understand where we're at on the timeline, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I know that Clay Clark has put together, along with General Flynn and a couple of other people, an awards program to yes. recognize the freedom fighters. Yeah. So what would be some of the things you'd like to see my listeners do? Uh, in their own communities. Yes. Well, definitely, uh, you know, be bold. Uh, the Apostle Paul was bold. The Bible says several times he went out boldly. We need to speak truth, be bold, awaken family members, friends, people at work. You know, some people say, I don't have any influence or I don't have, but that's not true. Everybody does. We all have people in our life and we can speak truth and in love, you know, but, but the, the other thing is we need to get involved in the community level. You know, there's there's school board meetings, there's uh, city council meetings, and there there's a small group of people in this country, like less than three percent, that are pushing a, an agenda that's very well funded. Guys like George Soros and others funding this agenda. They're putting in their people around the country, and they're pushing things like critical race theory. They're pushing all these, and what these are, these are Marxist strategies to divide our country. So we need to be the voice. We need to bring like ten people from our church, or our job, or our family to these meetings. Be vocal, get in their face. I'm not saying be violent, but get in their face. And this is what we're seeing happening. That's what's exciting, Pamela, is, is that patriots are arising. Parents, you know, concerned citizens that say, look, I'm concerned about what I'm seeing in my child's curriculum. They're pushing uh, at a very young age the sexualization of children, minors, all these very troubling things. Any person of God should be very alarmed by these things. So we have to be active, push back. And God will give, by the way, you a strategy. Now, every person, we all need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what can I do? And I believe the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I believe God will give you a specific strategy how you can push back. You know, Pastor Todd, you're saying exactly what I say to my audience on a regular basis. If we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. How would you like people to contact you? Yeah, wonderful. Well, uh, I'm the president of Religious Liberty Coalition, so you can go to rlcus.org, or you can go to my personal website, toddcoconato.com. It's C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, a a little bit confusing, toddcoconato.com, and it has all the contact information there, all my social media accounts, and we really appreciate everybody that's helping and, and standing with us. 
Well, thank you for absolutely everything you're doing. I'm really delighted to meet you. Thank you. Likewise. Bless you. If you've listened to my podcast before, then you've heard me say what Pastor Todd said about the responsibility of the church. More accurately, the ecclesia, which means the called out ones, assigned to specific governing responsibilities. When Jesus said, upon this rock I will build, he didn't say church. He deliberately chose the word ecclesia, not only for the reasons of identifying those who are called out to govern, but also to draw attention to the manner in which his followers are to govern. Jesus actually used a portion of the form of Roman government as a model for instructing us how to establish his government on earth. The ancient Roman government actually borrowed many ideas of government from the Greeks, and then they modified them to make them their own. Ecclesia is a Greek word that offered a model for operations that the Romans actually perfected. Whenever the Romans set up their government in a new territory they forcibly claimed as their own, they sent ahead a procurator or a governor to rule in the province in the name and the authority of the emperor. First, with their military might, they caused the people in the territory to become subject to the Roman laws and government. Then they systematically indoctrinated the people what it means to be a Roman citizen, changing their mindset to actually think and live consistent with the Roman ways. If you remember your history, the Roman government conquered a tremendous portion of the well-known world and became one of the greatest empires, also with a most impressive longevity. With his Roman methodology in mind, listen again to Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20. It reads, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is the king of kings, even greater than the emperor of the Roman Empire. Next, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All right. So in a loving and compassionate way, a nonviolent manner, Jesus wants his church to essentially persuasively indoctrinate people into his kingdom government. We are to help people understand what it is to be a citizen of heaven and how we should live according to our citizenship here on earth. Then Jesus concluded by saying, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So while the longevity of the Roman government is impressive, the government of Christ's has no end. Given the spiritual war that we're fighting today, let's take to heart Isaiah 9-7, which says this, quote, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this, end quote. God is faithful. He will step up when the church fails and the enemy has made tremendous inroads, such as the days we're living through now. We need to repent of our apathy, our willful ignorance, and our willful sins of omission and take up our weapons of spiritual warfare in response to Jesus' command, known as the Great Commission, which we just read from Matthew 28, 18-20. God has been exposing corruption in every mountain of our culture, notwithstanding the church. In recent months, we have seen several well-known and influential pastors step down and others who were asked to step down because of serious allegations. This is just the beginning of God's judgment. And I strongly believe we will see more. And as a result, people will be shocked. They'll be stunned and they will be deeply wounded. 
We will have to be ready to console and help one another through these difficult days ahead. You heard Pastor Coconado share how he has repeatedly heard many pastors state they intentionally don't address certain issues. For pastors and others in Christian leadership to know of sin in our culture and not call it out is a sin in and of itself. It's the willful sin of omission, and God will not overlook this. Many of our nation's founding fathers were Christian, and those who weren't, such as Benjamin Franklin, still deferred to the existence of God the Creator. In fact, after a long period of the founders failing to come to agreement, Franklin was the one from all of them who made a motion to assure they sought the guidance from God via prayer before every session. Franklin's speech is available to read online, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. But here's a portion of what Franklin stated. In this situation of this assembly, groping, as it were, in the dark to find political truth, and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it now happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understandings? In the beginning of this contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, they labor in vain, that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future age. And what is worse, Mankind may hereafter, from this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing governments by human wisdom, and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move, in other words, to make a motion, that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service, end quote. Again, I encourage you, use the link in the show notes where you can read this entire speech for yourself. This motion of Benjamin Franklin established seeking God through prayer at every session for decades. Since Congress and other halls have permitted prayer to other so-called gods or substituted a moment of silence, we have suffered the consequences. This is just one example, one small example, of the fact our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles and a reason I created my bumper stickers which read, Make America Godly Again. Next week, I'll continue with this theme of the importance for each and every one of us to get engaged to fight evil according 
to Jesus's mandate for the Ecclesia. And I'll also share interviews I captured at Clay Clark's Anaheim stop for his Reawaken America tour. I hope to encourage you regarding your personal calling from God and equip you in fulfilling it. If you've liked what you've heard today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. One of the newest ways you can help is to get my new bumper stickers that say Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each, and they're beautiful red, white, and blue vinyl stickers with a picture, a silhouette-type thing of the Capitol in the background. They're made of high-quality vinyl, so they'll hold up really well in any weather. I hope you'll get as many as possible and give them away so we can begin to display our real certain hope we have in God for our nation. Use the order form on my web store and let me know how many you'd like. In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on the Faith to Live By webpage. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. You'll find my addresses on the show notes. And be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items I provide on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. There is where you'll find a link for more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can support me and it would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it also helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 